Saul Williams is a world-renowned poet, writer, and musician. His latest project, The Inevitable Rise and Liberation of Niggy Tardust, is a collaboration with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. You're listening to Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure. Trent Reznor. I'm your host, Shia Carey. And I am not Shia Carey. And today is a very special episode that I've been looking forward to for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Not Shia Carey, why don't you tell the people what we're going to be listening to and reviewing? We are listening to The Inevitable Rise and Liberation of Niggy Tardust by Saul Williams. Which was released in November 2007 as a digital download. And um, I really, 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 really enjoy this album on many levels. Really? I do mean that. Um, mm-hmm. So I do want to, like, approaching this is going to be a little bit different from, like, any other Nine Inch Nails episode we've ever done. Because, like, there's this album has so much to say. It's It's adapted from an actual book of poems that Saul Williams wrote and has been, you know, given really pretty unusual backing tracks by Trent Reznor and mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm feeling a lot of angst right now. How much angst? Uh, the amount of angst of somebody who can't go like there's no goof I can make on this. It's just too good. I think we do need to acknowledge that this is going to be a, a, a goof, goof light episode. A goof free episode. But like, don't you dare turn on another podcast for that reason also you may notice that there is no remix behind us right it is with a heavy heart that we must announce the passing of a very dear friend to us well we don't know it could just be down remix.nin.com is not available to join us tonight yeah um it's hard to say we just got a dns error message for the last 20 times i tried to get there yeah so who knows hopefully Literally 20 just, times. hopefully someone just had to pay the bills at, at whatever somebody get rob on the horn yeah, the remix headquarters. Please, um, let's get Sheridan. Also, this episode is going to contain 100% more N-words than any other episode. Right. Content warning. There's going to um, be a couple no-words. And obviously, we're not going to edit it out because it's Saul Williams's art and his also, message. that would be a lot of work because it there are so just so, 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 so many. So, yeah. Um, but also, I do... I'm going to try to use a bunch of quotes from Saul Williams himself. And earlier you heard an introduction from a correspondent on Real Black TV. Her name is Lee Respect. Yeah, it seemed appropriate to have a woman of color introduce tonight's guest. Um, and yeah, I this album is... Uh, I feel like it was overlooked because um, I checked out the numbers on this. And because it was distributed digitally, it didn't have... I think quite as big of an impact as it should have had, especially compared to like any other Nine Inch Nails release. I mm-hmm. mean, this isn't a quote unquote. No, this is not release. a Nine Inch Nails release. It's not an official Halo. No, which this means is a Saul Williams a, release. It's a, is it a null? This is not a Nine Inch Nails release, so it's not any of that. It's an no, album it's by Saul Williams. It's, it's way, way out there. <laughs> Produced by Trent Reznor, which is why it counts. Right. So th- it was available for a digital download and people could pay whatever they wanted, they, mm-hmm. which means they had the ability to not pay for it, mm-hmm. um, which I mean is cool. It's a distribution model that kind of worked. Um, they had 154,000 downloads within the first couple months, um, but only 28,000 decided to pay $5 for it, which is not. It's, so that means um, 18% chose mm-hmm. to pay. Mm-hmm. Not the best, um, no. especially when like. Honestly, like any Nine Inch Nails album goes platinum, right? Like we're we're talking like million sellers, mm-hmm. or is that gold? It's gold, right? I have not. I don't care about any of that. So yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, 
I think by giving people that devil's bargain of like, oh, you could just not pay money. Uh, but again, the, the commercial success was secondary to, I feel, just like this album getting into people's hands. Mm -hmm. They didn't spend a single cent marketing it. Yeah. Which I think is, is massive because like, it's really good. It's so, so good. People should take this album seriously. Like, it seems like it should be a real serious entry in the world of hip-hop and industrial rock and... Electronic. Electronica, poetry. Wah-wah-wah type of stuff. Because it's the, it's the rarest breed mm -hmm. in music history, which is like a successful collaboration between hip-hop and rock. Yeah. Which are two genres that are populated by very cool people What do you mean that work together. Aerosmith... And Run DMC thing wasn't a huge smash hit. Yeah, I actually have a few more examples of times that didn't work. You know Black Rock? No, no. you don't know Black Rock because that was when a bunch of uh, rap artists collaborated with the Black Keys and it was super awkward. Yeah. Um, then there's Tech Nine. You know Tech Nine? No. Yeah, yeah also. Uh, Body Count is kind of... I know the name. It's kind of, kind of an outlier. That was... Um, was that Ith T on Body Count? Ith T. Ith T. Um <laughs> Which again, that was it was a genuine hard rock act that had that you. had you know <laughs> hip hop themes, but not quite hip hop execution. Um, so this is it kind of stands on its own. Yeah, it's, it's there's not much like it out there, mm -hmm. and um, perhaps with without any more fanfare, we should get yeah, into it. Yeah, let's get into it. So we're gonna start things off with Black History Month, which uh, it's gonna be rough. Um, it is well, it's not rough. It's unique. Just start the here just start is. the song. hear a little trendy in the back little trent voice yeah i mean i don't think it's difficult so much as it's 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 a sonic barrage right off the top because you get that really intense like stomping drum beat honestly it um they said in interviews both trent and uh saul williams were inspired a little bit by kanye's work um, and this does sort of seem to predict Jesus in terms of just like its rawness and intensity of just like it, it kind of hurts the eardrums to listen to. No. To me. <laughs> well, I also listen to it quite loud. Uh, it's just chaotic, which is the whole tone of every topic that he talks about. It's very disjointed, but it's very intentional. Uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot because it does. It's almost like a warning label on the rest of the album, saying we're going to challenge you, we're going to make you think. Mm -hmm. Because like, I don't think at any point in the Nine Inch Nails reviews leading up to now was there like a serious moment where I was like, that lyric really made me think. I love 
I think the lyric is, the banana peels are carefully placed. The banana peels carefully placed, placed, yep. placed. Yeah, 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 yeah. With a melted okay, chocolate glaze, glaze, glaze. the sun, synthesizing her own image, photo negative shun. The development of parliament, the phallic by gun. That's the mothership connections, born the birth of the drum. Ancient drum begat drum, kingdom go, kingdom come. Ancient sector of the scepter, risen up to the sun. Hidden Hannah man begat petitic clone of the drum. Boom bap chapter. Into a wide, tightly corner, respond. Trigger sound, trigger gun. Drum machine, machine gun. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Um, I feel like legally we can't just play the whole album <laughs> and I not say I'd anything. Love to, <laughs> like I said, this this should be oh, considered a serious work in the world of hip hop, in the world of poetry, and in the world of industrial rock. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of like the songs all strike sort of a different balance between. Trent's backing track and instrumentation and Saul Williams uh, like sometimes he'll do paragraphs some, yeah. or sometimes it'll just be more structured like a verse chorus verse mm-hmm. chorus kind of deal mm-hmm. there's actually I didn't know this until I researched it um, a few of the songs on Niggy Tardust um, are backing tracks that didn't make it onto the wretched or onto the, the frail the fragile yeah <laughs> third time's the charm it's <laughs> been a minute Oh my gosh. Oh, what is the song? We called? are now listening to Convict Colony. Yeah, I like. I like in this album he does a lot. He takes a lot of chances and he does a lot of different shit with his mouth. Yes, I mean we see him like full on singing later on, but right now he's sort of in spoken word poet mode where he's just sort of like there's there's yelping, there's screaming, there's a lot going on. Uh, But I wanted to pick out a couple of the lyrics here. Yeah, it opens with the Legion is on fire, which describes the United States as a corrupt colony colony of mercenary soldiers. So um, this whole song, I think, deals with the identity of African Americans who were stolen from Africa as we, you know, as... Yeah. As, I don't even know how to approach this topic. It's so deep. But it's the dual identity of living in a country where, like, you were placed. You know, Plymouth right. Rock landed on us kind of right. thing. So it, it's like this identity of, like... Um, like how how does the the black identity like exist in white America like because I mean it, it, so let me get to my thesis statement maybe <laughs> uh, I tried to really take this seriously enough to look at it as an artistic work um, so he um, I feel like Saul Williams intentionally repurposes the narrative narrative of Ziggy Stardust mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which as we know is uh, an extraterrestrial superhuman capable of living freely in a life of pure expression. Right. Um, and he fuses it with the dual identity of uh, black people in America uh, because he uses this metaphor, earthless, that shows up a, a lot of times in terms of like um, sort of not having a home or being rootless because um, my limited white boy understanding is um, back in the 60s and 70s, black culture was sort of in a quest to establish its identity and its place because it's like 
taking a look around, it's like, white America doesn't fucking want us here. These are a bunch of racist assholes. But at the same time, it's like, we can't exactly turn around and go back to Africa because it's like, we, like, our people haven't lived there for hundreds of years now. Right. We can't just, they're not just going to welcome us back there. So, like, what, where are we going? So, like, that's where you see a lot of black nationalist movements, black panthers. But also, artistically, there was this movement going on uh, that was later referred to as Afrofuturism, <laughs> which I really like. Um, and Saul Williams references it a lot in this album. He'll say, like, um, going back to the days of the mothership in tongue. Uh, with space help with space helmets for hair afros um, so yeah. the idea is um, revolutionary artists like George Clinton P-Funk you know the Mothership Connection Sun Ra Jean-Paul Basquiat and more recently Deltron 3030 they they cast the African American identity as being kind of this rootless thing that is they're basically extraterrestrials living on earth and they're going to go ex- explore the galaxy and create their own land together. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to be certified Afronauts capable of funkatizing entire galaxies. Let's uh, really quick turn this up and then we'll continue. Okay, yes. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm, I'm just, oh, I'm just trying to do this right. So you don't like the way we're running And you don't like the way the chisel glass I thought that was Chuck D. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's, it's sampling from Public Enemy, Fear yeah. of a Black Planet. From the hand of... Uh, no, pull the trigger. <laughs> trigger. Yeah. Anyway, um... I do have a uh, an impression I can oh. drop in right oh, there. Oh, good. So I'm going to be a white guy doing a black comic doing a white guy. From the hand of a brother, uh, pull the lever. <laughs> that's just my that's my PC alternative, just so uh, we don't get a, we, we don't get into a kerfuffle here. A kerfuffer, yeah. Um, and I guess we didn't. This this song is called Trigger, and then there's an parentheses N in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really challenging song um, because, like, a lot of this album is uh, Saul Williams, like, talking to black the black community in different places and in different you know different situations yeah and he's uh, basically yeah again like if i can get back to my thesis here um <laughs> so yeah the idea of afrofuturism is that the the black black people in america will create their own identity create their own country and you know in in a metaphorical way will be summoned home by a mothership and take them to new and uncharted dimensions um interestingly Jimi hendrix also talked about this if you uh his album uh, have you ever been experienced he actually has okay. like a radio interview with an alien um, <laughs> so so yeah this whole like spacey ident- this spacey theme uh-huh. um, that seems like a natural fit with Ziggy Stardust yeah a star man who's come to show us a new way of love and freedom and w- once once I puzzled all that out it's just like oh man yeah I don't this even album know rules I mean it rules already but like that's that's really something. But I'm surprised. Like, so Afrofuturism has a really cool Wikipedia page. Unfortunately, this album doesn't appear on it. Yeah. It talks about Deltron 3030, which I feel is like partially that, but it's more of a broader social critique thing. Let's edit it. Not now, but at some point. Yeah, let's become Wikipedia editors. Cause yeah. Because it how deserves you know, that's to how be you know there. You've made it. 
<laughs> um, uh, this is a really intense part oh, of yeah. the song. So I don't want to try to like read in and say like this is what what the author intended by these by the, the lines he's including in the poem, but he's um this whole song he's talking about you don't like the way we're running things you don't like the way the chisel glang, so it's talking about like working class black folks who can't who can't get ahead you want to blame it on the government you want to start a revolution, but then it's like he he gets to this chorus and says the trigger is you the n is you <laughs> n is you the trigger is you because it's like that could be taken a bunch of different ways but i think the overall message is that there's these historical forces at work that are happening right now in you in your identity so it's like the personal is political yeah speaking of yeah here here's this gem love this very very much this is definitely the first time a u2 song has ever made me cry <laughs> you talking you two to me <laughs> i am talking you two this to is you. the one this is like the the fusion point between our podcast and, <laughs> and, and the that podcast other one that inspired it's the us. only point it, the it is ever going to cross over <laughs> no because we're going to talk about zoo station in a couple oh, months oh that's right um this it's song. crazy how fitting it is, it and is. it's it's ha- harrowing. Is that how you pronounce yep. that word? You got it. Um, how long must we sing this song? Just it's like that Bob Marley joint. <laughs> Redemption song. Um. What I like is how stripped down this whole approach to Sunday Bloody Sunday is because it keeps the same sort of like martial, you know, it's it's like a military yeah. drum beat. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I like, no, wait. Just how it comes up after this Sunday Bloody Sunday. Oh, yeah, right after that. And you get lots of tasty trends. right here so very very good oh god like i was saying it's a stripped down approach that puts all the emphasis on the rhythm and the words, which is so so good. Um, Resnards, for the for Christmas, will you buy this album for yourself for me? Please do. <laughs> I think it's still, it's probably still available. We should check that out. I mean, just buy it. Just anywhere. Just buy it. 
<laughs> I'm going to check where you can get it. Throw sure. money at this sure album. It's everywhere. I mean, I... Paul Williams Project, Niggy Tardust. Oh, shit. Yeah, you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Amazon. So this song <sighs> is not only just perfect. I mean, it's weird how Thedge's lyrics, um, when sung by Saul Williams, are like even more impactful. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean it. Honestly, almost tears. Oh, it's it's brought me to tears. Um, we should probably come to a full stop and just finish getting all this out. I mean, it's a really long yeah, album, yeah, 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 but yeah, 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 I feel yeah. like if we're gonna spend a little more time on a song, Sunday Bloody Sunday might be it. And like. I don't even know what to say. Um, you you say what you were gonna say. Have you seen the music video for Sunday Bloody Sunday? Yeah. It's which is also really moving and intense. It's Saul William as a oh, Saul Williams. Yeah. Stumbling over my words already <laughs> with too much emotion. Um, as a homeless man in presumably Los Angeles. It looks um, like yeah. I think it may actually be cut from uh, clips of King of the Corner, which is a movie he was in. Uh, where he was also a homeless dude in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was the same footage or just inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just having a real hard time. Um, and you see sort of like a slice of life of him with all of his all of his cohorts and his homeless buddies who were just trying to like trying to get by. Uh, but then they get busted up by the cops who like you know break up their camps. And then they get chased out onto the freeway where he gets hit by a car. It's mm-hmm. very very dark and sad. But then it kind of comes around at the end where like he gets a helping hand from like some some hipsters who like give him who like give him a fresh change of clothes and he like shaves his beard and then like people start looking at him different because that's that's what every black man needs is I, just I some get, just a wealthy him. white person it's like to the blind lift side. him up. It's like the blind side, you guys. Um, but yeah, that is. Wait a minute. Hmm. Is this another episode of I Love Music Videos? <laughs> This is an episode of I Love Music Videos. I'm Shia. And I'm Claire. I really love this music video. Yeah, this is an amazing music video. Well, get up. Get up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we fucking put that song on in the car last night while we were driving through Los Angeles. And we're driving down San Pedro, where a lot of Skid Row is. And there was straight up the scene of that music video. And it, it, it fucking sucks. Why is it that bad? I don't know. I can't talk about it. I'm going to fucking lose it. Because, like, I mean, if, if we can, I guess, sort of widen our lens beyond just this album. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the str- like the struggles in, in I mean, urban America yeah. are so often the result of, you know, the institutions in play. You know, we're talking, you know, we're talking law, we're talking education, we're talking healthcare. Yep. They all just basically neglect the homeless and neglect people with with less opportunity and they try to solve the problem with incarceration you know like if if people are they don't have education or opportunity or if they don't have access to health care and developmental illness or, or anything like that like the only solution the system has for them is we're just going to like knock down your tent shoo you away 
or maybe lock you up if you assault an officer in the process. Like, it's always just, just lock them up. Or, yeah. Or if you develop a drug addiction because life on the streets fucking sucks. It sucks. Um, just incarcerate them, and then eventually the problem will solve itself. Totally. That's the only approach. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Hope, I hope any of that made sense. I'm panicking. Uh, don't panic. I mean, Skid Row is kind of a weird example, though, because they it's a tent city, and you don't see that very in very many places. I've never seen that ever before, where... Just blocks and blocks of a city are covered in tents and just a whole homeless community. Yeah, I think, honestly, that's uh, we have a refugee crisis in America of just Americans. Because it's like, we can't take care of our own. And that's pathetic. That's pathetic. I mean, this is like, we have one of the highest GDPs in the world. And yet, we have we can't solve this very simple problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not simple. It's not simple, but, but it's not are, so fucking are, hard that millions of people yeah. need to be leave, living on the fucking street or there incarcerated are, for, or have, be schizophrenic and not taken care of. It's just fucking pathetic. We should probably. I know. The album. That's the thing. It's like this, <laughs> this album is so big and so heavy and deals with so many different themes. And but, it's hard because, like, I'm white and I don't relate. Like, I can relate to certain themes, but I don't relate to it. So I don't know what the fuck to say. And I try to. It's not my place to say anything. <laughs> you know? It's like I try to talk about these things right, but then it seems like. The more I try to talk about it right, the more racist I sound. Well, it sounds pandering. Yeah, and it's but no, it's not. I'm not, and I'm not trying to like. I don't want you to feel like you can't talk about it. Like this is a podcast. I I feel like I really nailed it with that spaceship stuff. It was good. Your spaceship stuff was great, and like we're gonna be a little pandery. It's just we we don't have any other. We don't have anywhere else to come from. On this topic. I so we're going to do our best. I listened to Sunday Bloody Sunday. We listened to Sunday Bloody Sunday probably like five, maybe six times in the last like 24 it, hours. Yeah. Still not even a little bit sick of it. I could put it on again right I now. Could, I could listen to it. So, so, so forever. good. So very good. Let's restart but, break. Yes. And when my fears arise, I blow them out. Blow them out. Get it out. Where's he from? Great question. I think he's originally from Portland. Okay. And he is a poet, so he is, I assume, studied and and uh, done, you know, workshops and retreats all over the country. Oh, whoops. <laughs> We're just Googling stuff over here. There you go. Oh, born in Newburgh, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, graduated from Morehouse College with a BA in acting and philosophy. Moved to New York City to get an MFA in acting. I really biffed it with uh, saying he was from Portland. Well, you said you thought. I guess um, he was in a poetry slam in Portland, which, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that count. That's the same. That's the same. Yeah, he, he does seem like a very New York, like, like I don't know. Being, go ahead and turn it off. 
Trent is having so much fun with that part. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a certain style of slam poetry and that voice a lot of times tends to come from New York so that doesn't surprise me is what I was trying to say I thought he I, I guess I thought he was an LA man only because of I don't know why his wokeness no New York is incredibly woke New York is a sanctuary city yep, yep. I guess it's because we identify with him so much and would love for him to be in Los Angeles <laughs> Come live with us, Saul Williams. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, one thing I couldn't find a ton of information about is like the tour that accompanied this album. So the album dropped in November 2007, and um, he actually performed as Nicky Tardust in like these radical costumes, you know, body paint, feathers, the whole thing. Yeah. And um, it was pretty wild shit. I don't think Trent ever participated with that, though. Oh. Yeah, I know. Bummer. Because Trent was in the middle of producing like three other albums in 2008 mm-hmm. yeah I guess there is that oh yeah here's some some Trent sound oh classic little so I, uh, I read a Pitchfork media review of this album and they said that a lot was of was it garbage was it a garbage they, they gave it review? like a 7.9 or something which isn't bad like mm-hmm. pit, that's a Pitchfork A um, but uh, they said that one of their complaints was that Saul Williams poem poet, his verses were opaque they were hard to understand or like to read what it is he's trying to say and I oh okay I kind of don't see it I don't see that, that at all way. I think it's very clear exactly what he's trying to say yeah like in terms of I mean yeah the poem always has like you know the the roles of the speaker and the audience and it's pretty clear who he's talking to and it's what he's saying is also I mean I don't I don't want to say it's like obvious but it's like a lot of it is just kind of direct and like yeah ex- explain like almost um expository consider yourself less than inferior to half man superior to womb man unbearable likeness consider yourself almost never quite dark skin lily white black as sin devil's den whiteness so i mean it's like it's it's all these different social constructs that that populate our idea of race you know and it's it's all these like conflicting identities and ideas but like ultimately it's it's all in there like mm-hmm. it all it all yeah i don't even know if what i'm saying is making sense anymore <laughs> I think you're overthinking it. Um, and then, yeah, he ends it. Consider yourself hardcore, dirt poor, hustler, bitch, whore, reverend, doctor. Nah. Nah. Um, which, yeah, is like, it, there's that terrible old joke slash saying of like, what do you call a black guy with two PhDs? Nah. And it's like, yeah, that's it's this horrible thing where like, you can be all these things to, to your family and you can be all these things to society, but like, still like, somehow... It's that I, that, mm-hmm. it's inescapable. Let it out, blow it out, spit it out, get it out. Beat. Beat. I really enjoyed Trent's work on this, al- on this album entirely, but this song in particular has a, uh, a very, it's almost a, a with teeth vibe mm-hmm. with the mew, new new. you know, he's got his little guitar noodling. Yeah. In there. With teeth in a good way. What, what, did Trent do backing vocals on this track at all? Yeah. You said you think he had fun with this. We, no, or just, were you talking about I the just music? Meant yeah, I mean, it sounds like he he does during I the. I think he comes in with break. Yeah. Okay. All right, we should move on. Let's move on. Title track.
Nicky Tardust, Grippo King, philosopher and artist. Downright to the marrow, he's the arrow through the heartless. Sunlight in the afternoon, his shadow travels furthest. Woven through the heart of doom, he's bursting through the surface, hardly nervous. Suffice to say, he understands his purpose. Threshold king of everything, a comical absurdist. Sometimes when he talks, he sings, yet keeps his high notes wordless. Sing along when Niggy sings, without you, he'd be worthless, homeless, earthless. Venus, hot and tie up in the circus. Freak show, hear him speak so properly, cause every word is measured against meaning, probably scheming to unlearn us. Don't you call him by his name, white people call him Curtis. When I say nigga, you say nothing, nigga. A lot of Trent right here. Nigga. Yeah. When I say nigga, you say nothing, nigga. Shut up. <laughs> when I say nigga, you say nothing, nigga. Nigga. When I say nigga, you say nothing, nigga. So yeah, a little fun fact. We yeah. said there were going to be no goofs, but turns out somebody done goofed on the album somebody itself. Somebody done goofed. Uh, so yeah, I think it was originally just written as, when I say nigga, you say nothing, which is basically just saying like, you know, I am inhabiting this role so completely that like, and also like in, in a bigger scale, like white voices don't have a place in, mm-hmm. in discussing or determining the black identity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is super deep and super true. Yeah. Um, trill. Uh, true and real. But yeah, then a studio technician yells out, Nothing! <laughs> or, sorry. Nothing! <laughs> Shut up. Um, so yeah, we don't know if that was intentional. Um, the notes that I've seen say that it was it was kind of an improvised thing that they decided to work in, which I like because it adds yeah. a, little, a little levity to it. A very... Um, Shut up confrontational song yeah you say nothing nigga nigga when i say nigga you say nothing nigga shut up so what you guys wanna do i'm standing at the bloody gates and you can run and get your crew i'm knocking once then i'm busting through with a gun the adorers and a shirt that made up like a hoe so that's Nicky Tardust. Yeah. I like also how um, he intentionally differentiates Niggy Tardust's like whole experience and identity from Ziggy Stardust because he's not just like a being of pure joy. He's like he's dealing with some shit. Yeah. You know, he's not like let the children boogie. Yeah. No so, guitar. Yeah. Ziggy Tardust, no guitar. Ghetto Gothic millionaire, a super duper star. You said Ziggy. <laughs> no, I know he didn't do it on purpose. Ooh, DNA, this is a good one. All right, let's just I mean, let's they're keep all rolling. good ones, but this one's so Yeah, we good. can't stop for every song. No, we can't. I know you want to. And that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
the white lines only separate me from me. Um, so that is another motif that comes up a lot in, in this album. I'm, uh, someone divided against themselves. Um, and here's an actual annotation from Saul Williams himself. He says that there is no separation between me and you. We are each other. We are both human, full of flaws and the extraordinary. We contain God. We contain all that is to be understood of each other. We may go by, we may, we may go by different names, have come from different mothers, raised in different regions, speak different languages, belong to different cultures, but we will never be able to escape our humanity. And in that light, we may never escape each other. This goes for people, just as it goes for the past relationship to the future. The slave master is enslaved by the institution of slavery. The murderer is his own first victim. Saul Williams is a genius. He's he's incredible. So I'm give this man a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> he's got to get in line behind Bob Dylan. this really reminds me of Jesus. Yeah. Also, like, I think Bob Dylan can wait his white ass behind somebody else for some, for a change. For real. For real. I hate Bob. I mean, I don't hate Bob Dylan, uh. but he's so fucking annoying. <laughs> his music is just. Remember me for who I was. That's not, challenging. Not what I've become. Oh, God. Uh, um, oh God what was I going to say? So w- what is remarkable about this song, aside from it just being amazing in general, is um, it's like legit like gangster rap like he's saying but it's like it's like somehow it's like conscious gangster rap I mean a lot of gangster rap is conscious gangster rap it's just not presented that way because it wants to be catchy and fun and likable by all of us too keep my finger oh sorry with the future in my pocket tightly grip like a nine keep my finger on the trigger waiting for the right time I mean that's like those are really really good lines yeah to me oh here it is yeah this song also has a bunch of different callbacks to um so these are poems adapted for from the dead mc scrolls uh, but also he references coded language which is like a uh, a poem and song that he produced earlier mm-hmm. um i mean there's it's rife it's vi- like that's the thing is like it's not only a good poem it's like a good poem that's so layered with different references like he's got biblical references he talks about ipods he talks about okay I'm just, you know, gotta, pause the rolling. songs if you want to keep talking. No, yeah. This is my favorite song in the whole album. This is really, yes. You can't think of me as you did in the beginning. This is Scott Trent in it. Because it's an amazing song. By the time you hear this song, you've gone wrong. Caught in the labyrinths 
Yep, every time yeah. I come down, because I'm like, I have a thought, but it's just like, uh. is any thought worthy? That's that's a, no. that's what I struggle with. Is like everything I say sounds like just stale dog shit compared to like, honestly, like this dude is on the next level. Um, but yeah, that's we see a wider range of his vocal capabilities on this song because he goes all the way from like mm-hmm. you know chanting to like actually you know doing a melody. It's really really good. But yeah, it has a lot of the same metaphors that I was talking about before, like being uprooted by time, uh, but then also being a living vessel of the moon and the sun. So it's got the space stuff, and it's mm-hmm. got like the dual identity stuff. Anyway, we can just keep rolling. Mm-hmm. And we got a little vessel drop in there too. Ah. Well, check it. This, this is like, again, sort of an instructional song where he's like addressing the audience. Saying yeah. Like, what are we gonna do? And he, this is a song where he actually suggests something to do. You know, bring yourself to be yourself tonight. Yeah. Which that's a big part of. Uh, and in the beginning, scroll up. Yes. He says. By the time you hear this song, you've gone wrong. Caught in the labyrinth of time in your mind. Unlearn, unwind, but not to worry. There is no hurry. It's just like, yo, you can you can help us make things better. You don't have to be ruled by all that bullshit that you've been taught. Which to me, like when I read it, to me, that is the, the systematic racism and like the low-key racism that I've been raised with that I didn't realize you know it's the privilege it's it's all of that the walls of the labyrinth Mm -hmm. of time which I think to everybody is different you know it's a different experience and we can all learn from those experiences and change it it is it's kind of got a positive message it's almost like a soothing song it's like a balm on the wounds that are opened up after everything the last seven tracks <laughs> I like his little scale here too yeah I'm 
this part of the song in particular is Trent has managed to get Saul Williams to sing very much like in his own style well in Saul Williams' style but it's got like it's very it's got, Trenty it's too it's got Trent composition with all the like he's got the sort of man like there's yeah, the yeah. layers of the vocals and the yeah 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 it's very um, what you call it uh, the fraily the fragile the fra- oh god I'll never get it right <laughs> do, I even, do I even host this show <laughs> Do I just come up with bullshit theories and then inadvertently say tone deaf shit? You're not tone deaf. I don't know why you're so hard on yourself today. Well, we can't legally just play the album. We That's have true. To we got it. We got it. We have to okay. review the album. <laughs> so I'm looking for which tracks were actually uh, from the Fragile and Tapeworm, because like there's little elements that'll come in. Like I think one of them was almost a finished. Yeah, Skin of a Drum. I think was actually a finished song that was ready to go on the Fragile. Just didn't have didn't have verses yet. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Can't wait for that one. That's that's, that's another. Up there with WTF. Oh my god. I like Scared Money though. I like it. It's it's different. It's I mean, compared a, to the other the the sound of the album. It's got like a weird Tom Waits vibe to it. Well, it also reminds me. I I never remember the name of the artist, but it's a song in Snatch that plays. It's a really popular song. I swear, okay. I used to pray to change back the year when niggas spoke of motherships with space helmets for hair. When out, what if we hear? Thugs and poets are year. What we seem to have in common is what common is there. Yes, the lowest rung of anthems sung each day every year. From check cash and the latest fashions while they ration out fear. But I'm fearless. Sometimes I feel What we seem to have in common is we're common as air. That's a really good poetic construction. It's beautiful. The lowest rung of anthems sung each day every year from check cashing the latest fashions while they ration out fear time to that this is honestly yeah this is a, the sickest freestyle once royal highness over blunts thug of thugs pimp of pimps golden tongue and ivy fronts grind and hustle niggas know the heart is just a muscle or praises do you made some papes i rolled upon i trust you will invest as chances are the game is just a test professor of the truth talk will talk emeritus i'm the king as i command my son to dance and sing we celebrate our earthly fate my daughter Gives me wings, we are one. Descendants of the mother shipping tongue. Southern cheese of bone, strange fruit. Hill salute the truth well hung. That break right there is the best. Yeah. Just the best. Because it's like spiraling out of control into like the darkest of dark places. He references strange fruit, which I'm sure you know is. Okay. Um, 
I don't want to get this wrong here. Okay, yeah. I think it's Nina Simone. I just... Here's the thing. I don't understand Billie how... Holiday. Oh, Billy Holiday? So the song Strange Fruit is... I think it's adapted from a poem. She says, Southern trees bear strange fruit. Do you think you might know what she's talking about? Yeah. yeah. It's a poem about lynching. Yeah. So, um, and he takes us to that darkest of dark places, and then it just cuts. And that's, I think that that doubles the impact of that already very intense lyric. How did anybody hear any of this and just like, I don't understand. It's just, I can't understand. It's too opaque. It's too opaque. I just like don't. Get your head out of your ass for five fucking minutes and listen to the album. Or get your head out of your ass for an hour. Rolling Stone Just gave an it, hour. Rolling Stone gave it three out of five stars. And when I tried to find the review, it, it wasn't online. So I guess only the, the print edition subscribers will be able to see. What's this song? Raw. Deep in the gut of it. What's the right kind of behavior? To qualify as someone's savior. Yeah, I, I have almost nothing to say about this song. It's, it does sort of seem to be a compromise. Because it's, it's pretty much just a poem. Set to like a little bit of a bongo. Yeah. But it, it might be like the inner, the interior monologue of Nicky Tardust because he says, "What's the right kind of behavior to qualify as someone's savior?" What um, kind of question is that anyway? Right. Yeah. So it's basically just total self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's a real quick one, so it's really. <laughs> it's not even that quick, I guess. It's halfway over. It's like two minutes. But yeah. It's definitely like the cool down. Like we've been through all of this, now we're gonna cool down for a moment. Yeah, I feel like scared money in some ways is like it signals the end of uh, Act One, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, the rest is. Uh, I guess what's weird is so this is released with, I think pretty much ten. Hang on, let me get this right. Mm-hmm. Fifteen tracks plus five bonus tracks. And some of those bonus tracks are incredible. Some of them are just borrowed from other albums. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them are just very perplexing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much at the halfway point right here on track 10. Or like two-thirds point. Well, there's 20. Yeah. So we're halfway. Now we've got Skin of a Drum. Very, very good song. Mm-hmm. Which, I'll say again, was a completed fragile track. Which only became perfect once Saul Williams was in it. Yeah. I can't become my father 
it's all been said and done His completions won't complete me I've divided me by one I'm the answer to his riddle I'm the caution of his wind I'm the spoolage between tongue and teeth Beneath his trembling grin And I dare it my revision For I dare not I know. twice there's, and I dare not there's so much going on um, But my favorite is just the line I've divided me by one So I mean once again it's like even In your own identity as an individual There's so many different conflicting forces Yeah which, as white people, we don't get. <laughs> we don't understand it. Every trellis warped intention smuggled zone into my chains. Every hidden mongrel tendency exploiting me and me. Each time I put them under, but still they won't attest me. I crime through the thunder. You storm right past me. A search and a ponder A question and wonder A roar and a thunder I've been waiting here for what that chorus is straight up beautiful yeah and again it's it's like someone trying to navigate all the very uh, I don't want to keep saying challenging but like difficult the, the very complex. Diffi- the difficult work of self-analysis and and trying to find one's place in, in society mm-hmm. it's like yeah he's raising every crippled question from the dead and giving it power but then also it's this song is um it follows the rule of a good poem is two stories being told at the same time so there's like there's a love story going on in the midst of like this sort of greater identity crisis Hmm. so he talks about a he and a she which you would have heard if i wasn't just babbling over it i mean hopefully the listener will listen to this on their own uh, but just enjoy it. Just come right past me A search and a ponder A question and wonder A roar and a thunder Please let me in So gets his, his solo after that because that was <laughs> that was the best and maybe the best writing in the album it's it's hard to say it's so hard to be the man i would be if hatred and fear no longer appeared i swear i've become the skin of a drum the heart of a man divided i stand um skin of a drum really powerful metaphor because i mean the drum is empty skin stretched over it you keep talking I just don't want it there's it's it. just it's so very very rich mm-hmm and yeah, you can tell that the construction of this song has so much more of a traditional Nine Inch Nails shape to it. Yeah. You know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And then, of course, at the end, you have to have like a big old instrumental breakdown. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, what's next? 
I mean, it's going to be hit after hit for a minute. Well, yeah. I'm just, title-wise, no one ever does. And true to Nine Inch Nails form, we have a uh, slow piano ballad. (laughs) Oh, no one ever does. No one ever does. I don't want to be like a white person talking over this album, but we can't just listen to it. I know. I know. I keep coming back to it. If we do more than 30 seconds uninterrupted, I can't get into some hot water copyright speak. Copyright wise. So, uh, what's going on over there? uh, I'm just trying not to cry for the last five songs. Uh, It's all very, very tough. His his voice, and that's the thing. He's trained as as an actor, he's trained as a singer, trained as a poet. So, like, the things he can do with his voice are like almost peerless like i can't think of anyone else who can get so much evocative emotion out of i mean the writing itself is also brilliant the writing itself is just unmatched i mean you it it's i don't want to be a jerk but i mean it's better than any other writing you're gonna get on top of trent reznor's beautiful music and i don't mean that to insult trent reznor but saul williams is unmatched there was an old um, classic dad rock rivalry between Led Zeppelin and Jethro Tull. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, so you've already tuned out. Um, and Jethro Tull, I think, said to uh, Robert Plant, like, you know, if you took your band's instrumentation and my band's writing, then you'd really have something. And it's like, fuck you, both of you suck. Um, just kidding. Led Zeppelin is king. Jethro, Jethro Tull is not that good. They tried to make the rock flute a thing. And we lost listeners. <laughs> And two welcome. old guys, was two old white men were just like, how could she say Is that? this another episode of Dad Rock? Hi, I'm your host, Claire. Hi. This is, uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Dad Rock. I'm Shia. And I'm Claire. So, Claire, what kind of rock did your dad listen to? Shitty. Mine, too. Great up. And that's been Dad Rock. rock. <laughs> is this an episode of Dad Thoughts? <laughs> dad Thoughts. My dad listened listened to a lot of ZZ Top. Hate it. Oh, really? Jeez. A lot That's of Fleetwood Mac. That's the daddest Mac. of dad rock. A lot of Fleetwood Mac, which I like and hate. Depends on the song. Depends on how much Stevie Nicks. Um, what else? Oh, fucking Cat Stevens. If I hear a song by Cat Stevens I'm, ever again, I'm going to take a knife and just peel my face skin off and just throw it against the wall. Nah, That's dog. how that makes nah. me feel. It's way harder to peel off your face skin than you think. <laughs> the movies make it look so easy. But there's like, there is connective tissue all of, You can't just like cut the outline of your face and then it falls off. That's what horror movies would have you believe. No, I, no, I know that. I'm not stupid. My dad, I don't want to brag here, but he had pretty good taste. Um, 
So, I mean, I heard a lot of Bob Dylan through him. Wow. Um, and I heard also, I mean, he loved jazz. Like, so he had, you know, Miles Davis, Coltrane. Yeah. That's dad jazz. Stuff. Dad, dad jazz. I had a jazz dad. I like, I respect jazz. I'm glad it exists, but good Lord, I don't want to listen to it. He also really loves Sun Ra, who's like the super far out jazz artist who was part of the Afrofuturism movement. Who mm-hmm. Basically said that there is a spaceship coming to take yeah, black yeah, Americans. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We went uh, there. And uh, that's been Dad Rock Talk. Thoughts. Dad thoughts. <laughs> Good up. Great up. Love. <laughs> oh, no one ever does. I will. No this is rare for me, but I will come to Pitchfork's defense and say that this song is a little bit inaccessible. Because, I mean, it's very personal. He's talking about his relationship with God. Um, it's, I don't know, looking at the lyrics, it's hard to tease out any, like, clear reason. I mean, I guess... A reason? There's a lot from that song that I can personally relate to. I think it just depends on your experience. And we're rolling right through to being banged and blown through. <laughs> <laughs> or as I call it, my Friday night. Am I time? Am I right, guys? I, I could have stuck okay. that. Could have stuck that joke better, huh? <laughs> we are broken instruments burst wide open. Smashed and this coming line gets a little eye rolly. Not what you'd expect from these city streets. Who serves to protect the orchestra in this? I mean, irony. I mean, it's a, it's a little arty. I mean, not what you'd expect from these city streets. Like, just that alone is like that seems to be sort of a suspect. That's like an expression I would use. It, Who serves to protect the orchestra in me, though? I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty that's cool. Huge. That's huge. That's pretty cool. I mean, it comes together. You know? Oh, fuck. So beautiful. <laughs> oh, the cellos, though, yeah. Just the way he sings it. Wait, that bass line. Crank it. That's good shit. It's a real good. In case anybody's keeping a tally, that's the fourth time I've almost cried. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's been really emotional. <laughs> I guess I've had a hard time with this song just because, like, I guess the central metaphor of being, like, an orchestra, you know, it just, I don't know. It just seems a little band geeky well it doesn't you don't connect to it that's okay i mean i don't not connect to it it's just yeah. it's it seems really vulnerable actually like because he's saying that we are broken instruments because no one serves to protect the orchestra and me yeah which is something that we don't experience but it's something that we know that he 
he and others who look like him experience. I mean, yeah, he's talking about his role as an artist as well as his role as a black American who has their culture regularly appropriated by people of, with lighter shades of skin. Well, serve to protect, that's also yeah. directly related to police officers. And city streets. Stop. <laughs> See, it's not the best line. Yeah, okay, fine. I think it. I think it's oh, but, oh, right now, though. Yeah, this album should have been huge. Um, it, it, it frustrates me very much that this was not a huge, huge album. I, although, I will say, if we are talking about the instruments used to play this song, I wouldn't say they're banged and blown through so much as pressed and spun around. Very, very good joke. <laughs> points. <laughs> I'm back, everybody. I'm back. Mm, points. I think something that I struggle with, like, I, the reason I'm very emotional about this aside from obvious reasons is that like right now a lot of the conversations I'm having on my other podcast are very are very race and American culture related you've got an interview with uh, Perla Caballero Hoblet coming out Caballero who is a super smart uh, criminal justice lawyer is that right I believe so she doesn't talk about it too much um. But believe it or not, there's some intersection with race in criminal justice. What? No okay. To find the patience and the strength it takes and let it be. To stand amongst the crowd and have the strength to hold your own. To throw away the pen and pad and simply be the poem. To rise above hatred, to love, to seeming contradiction. To seldom take a side and learn to compliment the friction. To bring about the change within that we can live without. To shift and rearrange our deals and learn to deal with doubt. To voices. The it's I love just how that drum beat kicks kicks you right in the right in the gonads. Yeah, um, that piano riff again it, it verges on corniness, almost like it would be a courtroom drama. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Judge yeah, Judy is going to adjudicate this case between his tenant and the shit. <laughs> So he's saying, there has to be some other way to stop the fight. I was raised to be lowered. Was I raised to be lowered? Each day we sing and pray for guidance through the night. Um, and really quick, because we kind of cut off, because I want to... So in my episode with Perla, I just want everybody to listen to it, because she's a Mexican-American woman who was not born in Mexico. She was born here in California, and... But nonetheless... Since the, since the Trump election... A person threatened her life, said that he wanted to hang her from a tree and that it would be legal soon. And people talk to her as if she has a country other than America to go back to. And it's just, it's not okay. And so I think, I'm. it's taking me, that episode was supposed to be released on Friday, it's Sunday, I just can't get through it. 
I mean, I can. I love it. I love her. And it's a great conversation, but it's so hard for me to listen to because it's so intense. I let her rant the whole time, and it's... So I'm in a very intense, um, broken and blown through <laughs> place right now. <laughs> You're just a vessel of the moon and of the sun and of the podcast. <laughs> So this almost seems like an anthem. Like it's almost like it has this weird kind of super, like a dark superhero-y vibe to it. Um, Cause it's almost like a mission statement to manifest your dreams before you manifest your fears to navigate beyond the treachery of self-despair. So it's like all these affirmations that he's, yeah. that he's lining up. It's like a really empowering song, mm-hmm. even though it's like, it's, it's got this really tragic, you know, it's got this deep pain in there. I was raised to be lowered. Like, which is like, that's so rough, dude basically saying like yeah nature versus nurture like you know as you grow up you sort of realize like oh yeah like in so many different subtle ways we're you know as black americans you get these cues that you are you know a second class citizen which is that's the worst it is the worst fucking thing it is oh also i like how the lyrics sort of explode the idea of original sin um he makes he makes a ton of biblical references throughout this album but yeah he has this whole idea of was i raised to be lowered you know so it was he like basically you know there was a perfect line i was going to use as an example but you get the idea you can Um, find it we're not in a hurry another really really great line um so he's saying bring about change that we can't live without shift and rearrange ideals and learn to deal with doubt to voice the victory and unlearn ways of self-defeat to learn the value of yo fuck the words just ride the beat yeah. So there's like there's all these different different like almost specific ways to sort of look at life and look at challenges you're dealing with, um, and then yeah, also like art appreciation is part of the puzzle as well because there is a certain truth into fuck the words just ride the beat, which like is that's kind of um, kind um, of self-referential because like if he ever gets way too spaced out, yeah, it's like you know it's poetry a lot of the time you don't need to specifically get like oh i see you know it's a this is in iambic sextameter or like oh you see this reference is from this richard blake poem um, robert, robert blake. blake yeah see i'm, I'm great at poems um, <laughs> the line that really stands out to me before this is over is to leave the comfort zones of all you know to all you feel, to step beyond the void and realize the unknown is real, to reimagine every obstacle as just means of honing craft and learn to laugh at failure's funny dream. I didn't say that in a good poem me way because I'm not trying to, but that whole... That is really, really, really good. And that hits me very hard in the feels personally because I relate to it and I feel like that's something that everybody on their own way in in their own way can relate to like because a lot of this i can understand it on an intellectual level and i can understand it on my own processes like emotional level but i don't get it like it's not for me but that's a line that like really grabs me by the collar of the shirt and shakes me (laughs) Yeah, I love also to step beyond the void and realize the unknown is real, which sounds maybe like a tool lyric, but like when taken in the context of this whole album, it's saying like you sort of, yeah, take a step outside yourself and realize that other people are going through these, these very important experiences that Pain are is an illusion. informing their identity, 
We are eternal. All this pain is an illusion. <laughs> I haven't heard that album in so long. Yeah. Um, fuck, that song's going to stuck in my head. Let's go to the next one. Ritual. Such a good song. I okay. just... Yes. Oh, I had a very... Oh, okay, fine. I had a, a very troubling thought. Um, so there was only like... <laughs> a tool song, a tool lyric? Yeah, that was super very, troubling. Very troubling. <laughs> um, like I was saying at the very top of the episode, 154,000 people downloaded this song as of January 2008. So that's just a couple of months after it was released. Uh-huh. Um, but like, you know, that's when a lot of purchases take place. And I started wondering like, shit, like knowing who Trent Reznor's fans are mm-hmm. and knowing who consumes a lot of modern poetry mm-hmm. do you think more white people listen to this album than black people there's a good chance i mean yeah, right? i mean saul williams is gonna also you know tweet it and share it and stuff and he has his own oh i'm sure dude fan yeah, base no doubt about that but yeah no i've thought about it too actually um not not recently and not just like in in passing, I guess over the last decade, yeah, decade almost that like the I just I'm curious how many people, even how many of my friends who love this album, like why why do you love it? Do you love it because of the beat? Do you love it because of good raps? Do you do you get it? Do you think about it? Does it make you feel anything? Is this another episode of Good Raps? <laughs> You're listening to Good Raps. I'm Shia. Oh man, that's a good rap. And that's been good raps. <laughs> good up. Great up. I didn't even introduce myself in that up. It wasn't necessary. So no, I mean, you were a special. You were the rap. Oh, I wonder if my beer chugging song got in there. Okay, let's ritual. Ritual. I have a really cute quote from Trent Reznor in an interview that I'd like to use, but we'll get there. I think I saw it. I'm sorry I was looking at your screen. Land hack. <laughs> Dicks, okay, this song is a little sturdy. Kyle Dunnigan here? Leave a corpse in the furnace. Bitch, make a gun, trigger dicks, big ol' waffuck. Kill a blood, spill a bitch, still a Mac truck. Fucking with this black bug. Nigga Thomas, I promise. Leave a corpse in the furnace. Bitch, nigga, gun trigger, dicks bigger. We got two more repetitions of this. Dicks bigger, why fuck? I, because the dicks bigger? That seems like a pro. I think he's saying like, like I think he's saying like, there's a bigger dick than you, so why do you bother to fuck? Uh, maybe. Yeah, if you're a bitch. Don't oh, God. That. I just said it. Okay. Well. Um, now I. Wow. Didn't even didn't even soften it with the A. Yeah, let's bleep it. Um, <laughs> you're a god in the moment. Um, oh, no. Or do you... Let me try to save it. So, Bigger Thomas is actually a specific literary reference to the novel Native Son. And throwing a corpse in the furnace is also a, cre- a, a ordeal that the protagonist of that novel, Bigger Thomas, has to do. Mm-hmm. So, there. <laughs> that doesn't mi- that doesn't unsay the thing that I said. Well, you didn't. I uh, know. What are you gonna do? And, like I feel like I, mean, I can't I can't judge myself. You know, like I can't be 
I can't be my own jury here. We don't even have to. I, I don't think it's... It's just one of those things. I love those burp synths. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say. I just don't want to. Copyright infringement. Copyright infringement. This is, and this is just one of those that it's just like, it's a, it's a poem to me and I don't get it. It doesn't, it doesn't speak to me. So I just, I don't know what to say. Fuck the words. Just write the beat. I mean, yeah, this is, I think, the most reference-dense song because he talks about um, Messiahs, Black Mariahs, um, talks about... I mean, there's there's a lot. There's very, very much to unpack. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to tune out because it's like... I'm not tuning it out. I just don't have anything constructive to say. Although, the wave and form of beauty born of Eden's apple tree. You scrolled while I was reading. I'm sorry. Stop moving. And every single atom stands erect and prays to be the follower. She offers sweet communion. Holy union, let me see you run it just like that. Yeah. This, this, move your that hips part, from side to side. Yeah. yeah. There's poetic sex happening. Yeah. Come forward, mm. push it back. Poetic sex. Let me know firsthand the land of glory that I lack. That pussy. <laughs> Um, I surrender all to you if you surrender back. Holy God. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know if I can read that. Where'd you learn to squeeze it tight and then move it slow enough for me to question everything? And so I like how he he talks you through an entire poetic um, encounter. Yeah. He really grabs her by the land of glory. Indeed. And ends up with cosmic slop on everything. (laughs) I know. It's... I didn't... Until I read the lyrics like today, I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. like how explicit. Until this is. you, until we read the lyrics right at this moment, I had no, no I mean, idea. I, I knew it was coming. Pun <laughs> <laughs> intended. All right, let's just drop a few more swears. Bad love, fucking with this black buck. Bigger Thomas, I promise. Leave a corpse in the furnace. Bitch, nigga, gun, trigger, dicks, bigger, why fuck? Kill a blood spill. I like his very sassy. Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting how there's this contrast between, like, the, um, the stereotypical, like, hyper masculine Negro character. Um, steal a Mack truck, bad luck, fucking with this black buck. But then he says he's complicated down to his strut and then has that really sensitive, um, pretty much sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. So now we're in bonus track land. And this is like the, this same, yeah. the same little music of the, No One Ever Does. Are you afraid to have someone believe in you? commit to your ideals even if you think nothing of it are you willing to allow others to think the world of it and of you 
pedagogue of young gods. All slavery ever does is free you. All anyone ever does is an example. All power is is collective energy. To abuse the privilege is to sell your soul, and that is to rent with the illusion of owning. We are the landlords. Mm. If you misunderstand us, you're dead and deserve your demise. Mm. Your dominion is your overthrow. The controllers are controlled. Spread the word; it will save you, and depends on you to be understood. <laughs> there is no school bell. I mean, there's no way we're going to make it through this without, without snapping. Thirty uninterrupted seconds. No, I know. Oh, I thought you were without snapping. I was like, my hands are too sweaty. I don't know if that's really the copyright law. Where you, if you I just, I don't want to risk it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the copyright law is. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, I got us covered. So we're listening to Pedagogue of Young Gods, which mm-hmm. is just straight up. A poem read as a poem over a very delicate and beautiful backing track. The same track. The same track used in No One Ever Does. Yes. Um, so there was a interview with New York Magazine, uh, which described this album as a mind-boggling fusion of genres. Think Nine Inch Nails meets Gnarls Barkley meets Justice, if you can do so without your head exploding. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't listen to music. Um, so Gnarls Barkley is the only black man I can name I, yeah, off the top like what, of my head. What are you doing? I think that's crazy. I mean, the obvious, I don't know it. if it's an obvious comparison, but just, you know, it's way closer to Kanye than Gnarls Barkley, but he does have a much greater singing range, so musically, maybe. Um, so they ask um, Trent Reznor and Saul Williams, did you guys ever butt heads? Mm-hmm. Do you want to read the answer? Trent says, there were times when we disagreed on things, certainly, but sooner or later he'd realize that I was right. <laughs> and they both laugh. It says they both laugh. Yeah. Um, the interview also veers off and talks about, in 2008, there was this uh, peer-to-peer sharing network called Oink, which no longer like, exists because, I mean, we've never heard of it. Have you ever heard of it? I don't it, know. It was kind of a flash in the pan, I believe. But it was a um, it was an easy way to get your hands on a lot of music. And Trent had an account there. He says, um, I'll admit I had, a, I had an account there and frequented, frequented it quite often, as opposed to the other kind of frequenting. Um, at the end of the day... <laughs> I frequent it, but not very I frequented often. it once in a while. Uh, but the reason I bring it up is... Uh, just for for my own personal vendetta about feeling betrayed about Trent uh, being the spokesperson for Apple Music, um, he says iTunes kind of feels like Sam Goody to me. I don't feel cool when I go there. I'm tired of seeing John Mayer's face pop up. <laughs> I feel like I'm being hustled when I visit. I feel like I'm being hustled when I visit there, and I don't. Get, I don't think their product is that great. DRM, low low bit rate, etc. Amazon has potential, but none of them get around the issue of pre-released leaks. And then he talks about online distribution. Mm-hmm. But he uh, talks some mad. He threw some mad salt, mad, mad shade. Shade, shade, salty. He threw some salty shade at uh, iTunes, yeah. and he is now Mister iTunes. Ooh, better put some salt on that shade. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become Trent Reznor. <laughs> that was a little harsh coming from a couple of his greatest fans. I didn't say it. You said I, it. I love you, Mister Reznor. You said it, not me. <laughs> you can be and do anything you want. Okay. Except a dinosaur. They're dead. Um, so let's move on to the next song. I guess chickens are dinosaurs. You can be a chicken? No, you can't. All right. not dead. This is World on Wheels. So intellectual. So, so, so intellectual. So intellectual, so, so, so intellectual, so intellectual, so, so, so intellectual, so intellectual. So I think he's singing this song in the voice of like someone who, 
like a white fan of his music who's describing him as so intellectual and doesn't realize how patronizing that is. Yeah, I mean, the opening line is so black and yet so white. He danced like he could fight. He's in the place tonight. He's searching for the light. I'm just going to shut up. Let's let him sing it, yeah. I mean, you're talking about it. So intellectual, so 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 intellectual, so intellectual, so intellectual. Now once upon a dog, he went so wild he walked, he walked into a bush. Both very gutsy, gush. History, world on wheels, slavery and sex appeals, drugs and money. Bitch, I'm broke. Shoulda thought before I spoke. So this is so intellectual, super sarcastic. It's so sarcastic, and I. I love his his just snappy white person voice. I feel like almost, you know, that I am sort of the target of this song because, like, how many times did I say Saul Williams is brilliant, is a genius? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this one called? Uh, oh boy. Can't hide love. Ugh. Why are you ugh-ing? I think they were correct to make this a bonus track. But it is kind of far out and spacey and it's it it sounds like he's come to a conclusion it it sounds like he's positive after such a like a beaten down path I don't know. I think it fits well to be at the end of this album, even though it is a bonus track. There's still a couple more left. Don't well, worry. yeah, no, but oh, I'm. Yeah, you're right. I'm defending it because I I disagree with you. Shy coming on the attack. Because um, you heard chaos and you're like. Ah. <laughs> um, what this reminds what this reminds me most of is actually Trent Reznor's soundtrack work on Natural Born Killers. Doesn't it sound like? Sounds a little 90s. But listen to these noises in the background. Power metal for just one second right there. What I feel inside. It sounds very. Stop, please. (laughs) Might as well jump. Stop. Oh my god. It sounds. I mean, the way he. He says, can't hide love, betcha, ooh, betcha. It reminds me of, like, a Jimi Hendrix-type melody, the way the guy would sing. Granted, I don't listen to Jimi Hendrix much, because I don't listen to music from that era much. Is this another episode of Dad Rock? Dad Rock. Oops. (laughs) Wrong. Don't worry about it. I don't think this is actually another episode of Dad Rock. Um... Saul Williams did specifically say, I mean, he admires artists like Jimi Hendrix, like Kanye West, right, who are yeah. both like part of that sort of Afrofuturism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I mentioned Jimi Hendrix. Yes. I well did done. That, I did well that on purpose. Done, young Padawan. Oh my God, what's this song? I've never heard this before. If you want to give me what I want, then give it up and not bring up. What the hell was that? I just wanted to do it a little different. Um, anyone walking into the room right now would think we were just straight up insane. Oh, you mean our roommate who's in the bathroom? Yep. <laughs> uh, so here we are in the home stretch. 
Yeah. What, what a draining and I mean this this album demands your full attention. It forces you to think, and it'll take you far, far from your comfort zone if if you let it. Mm-hmm. And um, for years and years, I've you know I think I appreciate it more now than ever. Yeah. Because like when it first came out in 2008, I was just a little. I don't think I was even in college. I might have been a little freshman in college. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's like, I, I didn't get it. Like, I grew up in the suburbs. Like, I knew, like, three black people. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it would take a while of me sort of, like, growing as a person and having new experiences and meeting new people and getting to know just the world for yeah. me to, like, sort of reflect on this and see that there's so, so much more in it. Word. What now? I said word. Word. To your mom. Um. Yeah. What I like at the I just realized at the end of um, this album they have these bonus tracks. This is Gunshots by Computer. Um, Wait which, what? Which, as you know, was on Year Zero remix. Wait what? And then subsequent to this, they have um, here it comes. List of demands. Which is a Saul Williams song off his self-titled release from like 2000 or something. Yeah. Um, so basically they're saying, hey, if you like this album, try Nine Inch Nails. And if you like this album, try Saul Williams. Well, they fit. They do. They, they, have, a, they have a place. I mean, like, stylistically, I don't think they fit. I think both of them, it does sound like they just sort of threw these on there. But in terms of the message. So, yeah, let's do this. Um, Saul Williams actually went through and annotated uh, every paragraph of this song on Genius.com. Yeah. Um, and he also has an idiosyncratic way of writing the N-word. Um, and he just does capital N-G-H. I'm broke. And I ain't the only one. Um, he's tired of the bullshit. Tired of the hustle and the make-believe hustle. Tired of buying into ideas that divorce him from his potential. I'm tired of having his potential. Sorry. Is it first person or third person? Yeah. We may never Make know. Make up your GD mind. I'm tired of the bullshit. And if you feel the same way, then throw your computer against the wall. Well, maybe not. Wait, Prince Adore voice. This must have been a hard year for... I mean, like, Trent Reznor lost his dad, David yeah. Bowie. And Saul Williams kind of lost to one of his idols. Yeah. Prince, and, you know, fuck this year. I mean, Zsa Zsa Gabor died. Nin Remix died. Okay, hold today. on. Jaja Gabor was almost 100. She's yeah, I mean, like her, her 100th birthday her. is in February. She Way fucking to go. did it. And I think, I mean, fucking all it, those young boys kept her lot young forever. I I want to actually see her track record of how many husbands she outlived. Probably like she was married eight times. She may have beaten all eight. Beaten lifespan Maybe those wise, were like her horcruxes, um, and then after the last one passed, <laughs> she was able to. She was able to be her. My soul is free. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> My references are all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. So, Resnards, that was, that's... that's. <sighs> this was almost a two-hour episode. It. We might be able to skim it down to a listenable 90 minutes. We'll see what we can do. 
We'll see. Um, I had a great time analyzing this and struggling with every step of the way. It was is very emotional, and um, rightfully so, because yes. we need we need to feel these emotions. We need to think about these things, and we need to think about them on our own, not just when you know pretty songs play in our heads and and encourages us encourages us to think about these things. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it deserves to be said that this is an album that sets out to do so, so much. Um, it sets out to have a successful collaboration between a rock artist and a hip hop artist. And it sets out to direct and, you know, confront issues at the heart of America and the American identity and experience for the black community. And it, it sets out to, you know, get people to think about these things and i think in its mission it is largely successful on every level yeah it's hard to overstate how fucking great this album is it's yeah it's sublime it's truly sublime <laughs> it don't practice santeria it ain't got, got no crystal ball all right <laughs> going in two very different directions here I got a Dalmatian, so I can still get high. But can you play the guitar like a motherfucking riot? We live in Long Beach. There's a full-on full Bradley Noel mural. Really? Where? Uh, Are you kidding me? Down by the beach, yeah. Are you fucking serious? Where? Furl. Yeah, it's uh, over on Termino. I don't, I'm not like losing my shit because I love Sublime. I did though in high school, but that's really sweet because he seemed like a really sweet guy. Um... He was all right. I mean, he... Whatever. Anyway. Um, I mean, you know, didn't do anything against me personally. <laughs> I mean, he died of a heroin overdose before you were too old, so... True dad. Um, he deprived... You're right. He deprived a young Shia of some sweet, sweet, sublime albums. They have a lot of albums. Have you listened to them all? No. No. I thought it was just it was 40 Ounces to Freedom and then the other one, and that's it. They have like five albums, I think. Cool. Because their punk rock stuff came before the, right. the wannabe reggae fucking... Before they had things like uh, production quality. Yeah. I like the punk rock stuff a lot. Um, Pool Shark, song about shooting heroin. Good stuff. So let's wrap this up. Um, if you enjoyed this episode... Find us. Hold on. We'll do this and then we'll do that. Yes. <laughs> Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Trend Talk Pod, and you can um, email us at trendtalkpod at gmail.com. I don't know what you would possibly say to us, but say it, because just don't spray it. And um, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, Google Play and other apps. You can find me on Twitter at Shia Carey, that's C-H-E-Y-A. C-A-R-Y. You can find me, C-L-A-R-E-E-E-W-O-L-F. Um, yeah, let's, let's throw, um, let's throw Sunday Bloody Sunday on quietly. Yes, for the, with it. For the rest Into of it. Happening. Um. Resnerds, if you like this episode, <laughs> give let us me your just money. tell you, we, we love doing it too. <laughs> and we want to spend more time providing quality content to you our dedicated fans um you may have seen that we started a patreon account and um right now we have three perks um 
they're one dollar, two dollars, and five dollars a month. It's very inexpensive. All it is is just just a little extra something. Um, a kind of just to show your support because it tells us that you want more content. B, you know, every little amount adds up and eventually we'll be able to set aside more time to make you more content. We have a lot of stuff on the back burner that we want to bring back slash just finish like the Trent Talk Talk disappearance, like the Downward Spiral episode that we actually recorded in many annoying takes with my fucking camera. Um, Let me tell you, if, if I saw Patreon donations rolling in I wouldn't be scared of that money. Wow. It's a reference. Okay. Um, it's a reference to a song, William song. So um, jump onto Patreon. Check out the perks. Um, Patreon.com slash Trent Talk Pod. Obviously, what else would it be? And if we, um, you know, we'll give you shout outs. I'll give you a sticker or a USB drive. Which yeah. Be excited There's fun stuff. And, and your contribution is going to go directly back into the podcast. It'll enable us to get things like more sophisticated recording equipment, yeah. software. Um, Two mics that are equally as good so that yes. we're not. Yeah. Um, and just you guys. Okay, listen, I'm going to level with you right now. Don't steal my idea because I'll find you. I want to make a remix album called Nine Inch Whales where it's Nine Inch Nails songs and whale songs. And I need Ableton Trent Live to do exclusive. this. And I don't. I don't want to pirate Ableton Live, you know? I would rather just put money into the hands of the people who make it because they made it, and it's cool, and I'm too fucking old to steal shit all the time. Um, so if I had that, you know, I would I would make Nine Inch Whales. I swear to God, if you take my idea, I will find you. I can't stress that anymore. Like... I have figured out it's out there. I have figured out how to track IP addresses. I will knock on your door. What is the um I backtraced it. You I'm done goofed. Be like instead of I'm the one who calls, is that the breaking bad? The one who knocks. The one who knocks. I will I will be the one who knocks. You really have a good grasp on references. <laughs> First you do the reference wrong and then ask how the reference is done halfway through the reference. Go fuck yourself. Just kidding. Okay. Wait, no, no, that was a perfect <laughs> reference. You landed it. <laughs> Um, patreon.com slash talkpod wipe your tears away by giving us money wipe our tears away love you guys thanks for sitting through this album with thank us. you be nice to people don't use your privilege like a privileged asshole check your privilege Use your privilege to elevate and amplify the experiences of others that other privileged people might not be listening to. Subscribe to newsletters and Twitter feeds and Instagram feeds of black people. Pay black people for their goods and services. Right. If you don't feel like donating to Patreon for whatever reason, consider... Buy this album. Buying this album. Buy, buy this album. Please, just buy this fucking album. It's very, very good. It's and important. You, you put it in your headphones, and it's a very... It's an adventure. Follow Saul Wim- Williams on Twitter. Ride. And... Yeah. And that'll do it, guys. That's it. Nine Inch. Nailed it. You know, young black cat today is trying to be that next MC. You know, like... 
that was the ministry in my father's era. So he was one of many, you know, cats that would get up on a pulpit and freestyle about God, <laughs> you know. And um, I grew up, you know, in the church, uh, which means that it was, my dad actually worked with Dr. King and with uh, Adam Clayton Powell. And uh, I had people in my house like Odetta, to you know, Pete Seeger, to to Jesse Jackson, to to uh, Farrakhan, even you know Al Sharpton, whatever. They were all uh, friends of my father's, and and he was a part of you know that world. Uh, so I grew up schooled in you know what the civil rights movement was. You know, like I was one of many kids, you know, in the 80s fighting to make. You know, I remember when Black History Week, Black History Month was Black History Week, you know, and it was a fight to make it nationally recognized, you know. And it's not because I'm old, it's because it's recent, you know, like it's just like 1980, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't a long time ago. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.